Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. This morning, um, early this morning, a little before three, I was thinking, and I know that's kind of hard for you to imagine, but I was. I was thinking and I was saying to myself, I'm not looking forward to going to church today. It's going to be tough to share about Pastor Craig's passing. But as I was thinking those thoughts, I realized Pastor Craig lived for Sunday mornings. He loved being here on Sunday mornings to invest in young children's lives. And I thought of the fact that we would be taking communion this morning. And I was reminded of the words that Jesus shared with his disciples at the first communion, where he says, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it, most translations say, again, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And I couldn't help but think, what better place in Oxford Assembly of God, worshiping the Lord that Pastor Craig served all of his life, or most of his life, so faithfully, knowing that he has gotten to the banqueting table ahead of us. I said, he's gotten to the banqueting table ahead of us. And don't feel sorry for him. We need to pray for his family, pray for all the children, But as I was thinking that uh, a little bit later, we're going to be partaking of communion. And we're going to be using bread that tastes like cardboard. (laughs) Now, I I, I know I was thinking of this, but I'm just convinced that if we do communion and the Lord's Supper in heaven, it's going to taste a lot better. (laughs) Huh? I, I, I just think it's going to taste a lot better. And... I don't know what it's like in heaven, but I think it's going to be better. And so, Pastor Craig's already made it. Already made it. Today, we continue our series of Old Testament prophets. I want us to look at the prophet Enoch, the prophet who walked with God. Now, as we said last week, there's a lot of things we don't know. I know Gator knows most of it, but there's some, most of us, there's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of things in the Bible that we don't have, a, you know, just gives us a little bitty picture. We don't have many scriptures about Enoch. We can spiritualize, and as some evangelistically speaking, you know, spread the thing out, but the Word of God doesn't need embellishment. How many knows that? Word of God can stand alone. But as I was thinking of that, I was reminded of a little boy that rode the church bus. And his mother used to go to church, but, you know, it was easier to send her kid to church on the bus. So, uh, But when the kid got home that day, she said, uh, son, what did your Sunday school teacher this morning teach you? What did he teach you? He said, mom, it's an awesome story. It was an awesome story. They were at the Red Sea, and a huge army was getting ready to annihilate them all. 
and a cargo plane flew in and, and dropped some pontoons and they built a bridge and a tank and they went over on dry land and then they blew up the bridge and killed them all. The mother looked at him and said, son, are you sure that's the way the story goes? He said, mom, if I told you the way she told it, you wouldn't have believed that either. <laughs> but I'm glad that the word of God does not need to be embellished. I'm glad that God's word is so rich. It's so rich and we see just little nuggets. So what, what do we know about Enoch? We know that he walked with God. We know that he lived alongside of his grandfather and his great-grandfather, great-great-great, six times. Did you know Adam was still living when Enoch was alive? He lived with Adam for a couple hundred years. Adam was still alive. But he was born before Adam passed away. And he, but Adam died before Enoch didn't pass away before he was taken away. Adam's oldest son, Cain, Notice what it said about him. We talked about him briefly last week when we talked about Abel. But look at this one verse in verse 16 of chapter 4. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Just a, one verse about Cain. But you notice what happened? He went away from the presence of God. It appeared that Almost immediately after he killed his brother, he was exiled, but it says he left the presence of God. How tragic. How sad. But unfortunately, it seems that Seth's children, they begin to drift away from God until we reach a place of rampant sinfulness. They begin to drift away from God's presence, from God's word, from God's teaching. How many of you know that generally speaking, when we leave the presence of God, it's not an instantaneous thing. It's not like Cain just walked away. We usually just begin to drift away. Seven generations since Adam, Enoch was born. And the world had slowly begun to drift away. Now, what's the key to understanding the Old Testament? Well, we need to go to the New Testament, find that out. And you'll, you've heard me read this several times. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10... 1 Corinthians chapter 10 gives us a key to why we need to understand the Old Testament. Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. 
We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So all of these things in the Old Testament were written for our examples. Why? Because if we do not learn from history, we will repeat history. And we see that Cain's generation, all of his descendants just walked away from God totally. But Seth, God's people, the godly line, what happened to them? They began to drift away. They began to drift away until they had a place of rampant sinfulness. Before we look at Enoch's life, I want us to look at the results of leaving the presence of God. The results of leaving the presence of God, and I want you to go to the book of Jude. Jude was the earthly brother of Jesus. He was not a believer initially, but he later became a believer. And he wrote this book that's all of one chapter. We begin reading at verse 3. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Now that word contend means to fight for it. Now faith, you don't have to fight for it, but what he's saying is you got to hold on to it. That's very easy to let your faith begin to drift away. If you don't uh, exercise your faith, it begins to weaken and die. And that's what happened during uh, Enoch's generation. They begin to walk away from God. They begin to drift away. It says, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. How many thinks that's a pretty strong uh, indictment? They had believed, but now they no longer believed, so they were destroyed. Now let's drop down a few verses to verse 14. Verse 14, awesome thing. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they committed in such an ungodly way and all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Now think about it. In his generation, which was roughly 3,000 years before Christ, at least 3,000 years before Christ, he, he bypassed the fact that Christ was coming and went to his second coming. He's prophesied this. And then he talks about in verse 16, these are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loudmouth boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, man, that, that's kind of uh, neat that Enoch 
even living when Adam was still alive, he saw the sinfulness that had grown. Oh, there had been a period of time, Adam lived over 900 years, so almost 1,000 years of history that Enoch got to see, or actually it was 1,000 because Enoch, uh, Adam died before he did. So he had 1,000 years of history that was there, of recorded history, and he'd seen that man had begun to drift away from God. They begin to drift away from God. Now, it's really interesting where it says, but you must remember, beloved, the prediction of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude was writing this, and he was uh, quoted Enoch that they had recorded of what Enoch had prophesied about about 3,000 or 4,000 years earlier. It was true for Enoch's day. It was true for the apostles' day. And how many believe it's true for us today? It's still the living word of God. And he's telling us that we need to understand and we need to walk in faith. It was true in Enoch's era. It was true in the apostles' era. And it is true today. We need God's presence. We need God's presence. You know what Moses told God? You know what Moses told God? Let's look at that in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, God was speaking to Moses. And he says in verse uh, 14, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This was God speaking to Moses. This was a period of time after Enoch. God told Moses, he said, my presence will go with you. And I love what Moses said. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Did you catch that? Moses said, God, if I can't be in your presence, I don't want to be. If I can't walk with God, I don't want to be. That's what Enoch was saying. Enoch walked with God. And we'll see that in a few minutes as we read the scripture. And he was prophesying, but he lived in a time, he lived in an age that people had begun to drift away from God. Enoch's generation left God. God did not leave them. Let me say that again. Enoch's generation left God. You say, what do you mean? In the very next generation, Noah, how many Christians or how many godly people were there left? Seven. Seven. They had all drifted away from God. Moses said, if I can't be in God's presence, I don't want to be. Now, I don't know. A lot of people say Christianity is for the weak people, and it may be. I'm glad I'm weak. I'm glad that I've got Jesus to lean on. I'm glad that I've got a God to call on whenever my heart's broken and when I'm aching. I'm glad that I can depend on his presence because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I can walk off and leave him, but he'll never leave me. And he said, I want his presence. Enoch's generation left God. God did not leave them. I hear people all the time, well, why has God left America? I don't think God left America. I think America left God. We're leaving God out of the picture. Now, before we go to the Old Testament passages, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. 
the Hall of Faith chapter. Just two verses that we want to look at. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, verse 6. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Now how do you think he pleased God? Well, the next verse tells us. You know that verse. It tells us what it takes to please God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is or he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So Enoch walked by faith. He had faith in God. He was one of a very, very few by the time he was born. Have you ever stopped and think about how tough it is? We complain about how hard it is to live for Christ here. And sometimes I think, well, it was, it's tough. Well, what about a Christian that lives in Turkey? That lives in a city of 100,000 people. And he's the only one. Now that takes faith. I mean, we get together, get to get together regularly. We may have to wear a mask or we choose to wear a mask and that's fine. But aren't you glad that we have our family that we can get together with? Amen. Enoch was in an age that everybody was forsaking God. They left his presence. But Enoch walked with God. And he says that he pleased God. How did he do it? Because he was a man of faith. A man of faith. Now let's go over to the book of Genesis and see the few verses that is recorded about Enoch's life. Genesis chapter 5, verse 21. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch lived 65 years. Then a son was born by the name of Methuselah. We don't know a whole lot about Methuselah except he was a, lived to be the oldest of any man that ever lived. Another thing we know about Methuselah is that uh, the year that he died, the rain came. The year that he died, the flood happened. Now there's a lot of discrepancy on this, but according to some scholars, Methuselah's name means when it is time, it will happen. Isn't it interesting? That God allowed 969 years with Enoch preaching, with Noah preaching. He let 
men go for the longest recorded person in history. 969 years hoping to get one more to go into the ark. But the year that Methuselah died, the flood came. Enoch was taken prior to the flood. He walked with God. And it says when Methuselah was born. Now, I tried to look up this because I was reading it and it sounded like that before Methuselah was born, Enoch didn't walk with God. We don't know what his life entailed, but most scholars agree with me, or the scholars that I read after. It says that Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah. In other words, it took the birth of a child. Or maybe it was some other great event. But all of a sudden, Enoch fell in love with the presence of God. And it says that he walked with God. How many of you like that old song in the garden? That's the first song that I ever sang solo. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his very own. I kind of believe that's what Enoch was going through, Gator. That he walked with God, that he had a relationship with God, and his presence was so dear, and yet sin was all around him. Now, you think we have it bad. And yes, I think our society has deteriorated. How many thinks our society has deteriorated? But look around you. There's still a lot of people that enjoy the presence of God. There's a lot of people that still want to walk with God. Next week, we're going to speak of the prophet Noah. But let me mention the sinfulness that at the end of the world. As the days of what Noah was. But it was sinful around. And he was walking with God. But God did what? God took him. God raptured him. That's our New Testament word. He raptured him. And that's what, and we don't have the term rapture in the New Testament, but that's our theology. That one of these days that the church is going to be what? Taken. He is an example of the Old Testament. He's an Old Testament saint that he was surrounded by sinfulness. And it got so bad, God took him out. There's a lot of people that's dreading the rapture. I tell you what, for the church, the rapture is the best thing that's going to happen. We're going to be taken out of this sinful mess. Amen? He walked with God. God took him. And now, can you imagine the people looking for Enoch? Methuselah. Hey, anybody, have you seen dad? He was at my house yesterday warning me of things to come, but I can't find him. How about Jared? Jared says, has anyone seen my son? Enoch, he was over here yesterday. He reminded me of God's faithfulness. Now I can't find him. 
his neighbors. Where did any go? Now maybe, maybe someone happened to be watching when they saw him take off. Maybe no one knew. But it really didn't matter. Because I can tell you what Enoch's thoughts were. Goodbye, world, goodbye. He was gone. He walked with God. Now, remember I read that scripture over in the Jude about the apostles? What did the apostles say? Well, one of the apostles by the name of Matthew, now he wrote his book primarily addressed to the Jews. But Matthew 24 tells us a little bit about this. Matthew chapter 24. Let's begin reading verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah. Now again, Enoch lived right before Noah was born. So he was beginning to see the total degradation of his society. It had gone to the dogs. He saw it. And it says, for as the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. The year Methuselah died. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the meal. One will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know what day your Lord is coming. But now this, that the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not allow his, let his house be broken into. Therefore you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. Now I still believe in the rapture of the church. I said, I still believe that this church and the Christians, now this building is going to stay here. I'm going to tell you, this building, as nice as it is compared to what's in heaven, it's beyond Skid Row. <laughs> Heaven's going to be nice, right? Heaven's going to be nice. We don't need this building up there. He's been preparing me a place for 2,000 years. Now, you think about that. How long did it take to in, in, create this earth? He's been building my mansion a while. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And one of these days, I'm going to take you away. And who's he going to take away? I can tell you who's going to take away. Everyone that's like Enoch. Now, we don't proclaim that Enoch was perfect. I can almost guarantee you he wasn't. Because the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I can tell you what the Bible says about Enoch. It says he walked with God. He walked with God. He lived for God. One day, God says, you've had enough of that old place. I'm taking you out of there. And most Bible scholars believe that Enoch and who's the other guy that didn't die? Elijah. They're the two that's going to come during the book of Revelation and preach to the entire world. But he walked with God. Now, let's go back to the book of Jude. 
Bear with me. Give me a few more minutes. Book of Jude, chapter. There's only one chapter, but verse 17. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions. Now, that word prediction means the foretelling. They told about the future. The apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, they said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers. Have you seen any scoffers lately? <laughs> Following their own ungodly passions. Have you seen anybody doing that? It is these who have caused division, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, and you, and you, beloved, aren't you glad he loves us? He didn't say, but you, 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 perfect. He said, you, 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 beloved. Building yourself up in your most, what, holy faith. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Now think about it. Enoch didn't even know about Jesus. Or at least we don't suppose he did. But he walked in faith. And have mercy on those who doubt. And save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear. Hating even the garment stained by the flesh. In other words, we need to understand that God hates sin. He hates sinfulness. And he's wanting us to walk spotless. And how many knows that that's pretty hard to do? How many knows that's impossible to do? Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that the book didn't end at verse 23. I'm glad that it didn't end in 23. Because if Enoch had to be perfect, he probably wouldn't have gotten to go. And if you had to be perfect, your wife told me you wouldn't go at all. <laughs> Just joking. But you know what I'm talking about. In ourselves, we can't do it. But we walk by what? Faith. We walk by faith, and by faith is how we live. What's our faith built on? Our faith is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Now go to verse 24. Go to verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Mm. When you're walking with him, he's going to keep you from stumbling. How many, how many knows you stumble sometimes? Yesterday I was walking in the cool. If you were outside yesterday, you know that's a lie. Matter of fact, I was trying to get something done before I got too hot and I went to step over a ledge and caught my toe. I don't bounce anymore. I thud. But I stumbled. I saw it coming. I mean, as soon as my toe got grabbed, I knew what was going to happen. But guess what? I couldn't help it. Why? Because I stumbled. And I guarantee you, it was not intentional. Because I can, got a couple of spots I can show you. I stumbled. 
But it says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. When we walk in faith, we're walking, counting on him to keep us from stumbling. And to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Now, I know Jesus was in the Old Testament, but he wasn't there in the flesh. But one of these days, well, let me just say this. Friday night about 11.30, when Pastor Craig passed away, I believe Jesus escorted him to the throne room. He said, this is one of mine. This is one of mine. Was he perfect? No. When I visited the family yesterday, one of the sons said, we were talking and said, well, I wonder what dad's doing now. And one of them said, well, he's probably figuring out how the pearly gates could open a little smoother. <laughs> if you know Craig, he was always working on things. Creative minds. But it says to him, present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time. Before all time. Before Enoch. And now and forever. Enoch is an Old Testament picture. Of what the New Testament church is going to experience. One of these days. And it won't be the rapture gate of one. It will be the rapture of the dead in Christ shall rise first. <coughs> and then those that are alive. And remain. Should be called up to be with Jesus in the air. Amen. Those that are walking by faith. That are walking with God. He'll keep you from stumbling. And he'll present you. To God Almighty. Spotless. Without a spot or wrinkle. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Holy Spirit we love you. We praise you. We honor you for your presence today. God, we, we need your presence. I said, we need your presence. And we pray for your presence to be right now with Nelda, Nelda and her family. God is there preparing for a funeral service. God, I pray for many others that are not here today. Some are sick, the Millers, I pray for them. God, that you would minister to them. Others, Lord, that are unable to be here, they need your presence. They need your presence. Then God, those of us that are here, 
those that are watching online, we need your presence. We need your presence. Kiss us with your presence even right now, Father. Even right now, Father, let us walk in faith. Let us walk in faith. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.